Welcome to the Jig is Up. My name is Darcy, of course, and I had the uh, fortune to sit down with a member of the Métis Nation and have a good conversation about some of the things that uh, this person has seen uh, in his time at the Nation and, um, you know, dealing, doing business with the Nation and things like that over the last few few years, uh, quite a number of years. And uh, he was at the, the forum we had, which was, I think, believe our last episode with uh, Victoria and Joe. And he was in the audience, and he had brought up a lot of questions and a lot of concerns that I was very interested to learn more about. And so I thought it would be really good to sit down with him and just hear his side of the story on a lot of these things. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation I had with Rod Stagg. All right, well, uh, Darcy here at The Jig is Up, and I want to welcome to the show Rod. Uh, welcome. Thanks for being on. Hi, Darcy. Hi. So we're, we're sitting down today. Uh, I met you the other night at the Candidates Forum that we did, and that's uh, one of the previous podcasts we have. I think it's the last one. Um, and you had brought up a lot of issues, and I thought it was going to be, it was re- it'd be really good to sit down with you. So here we are. And so I kind of wanted to start with the Métis elections coming up and just kind of get your feel for it. And there was a lot of things, a lot of questions you brought up at that event that I'm very interested to hear more about and learn about because there are things that I've never heard about before. So uh, I guess we'll start with the elections. Um, you you have stated to me that you're you're very supportive of Joe, and I, I guess I'm just curious why you think Joe would be the, a good candidate or a good president for Region Three. Joe uh, Joe Pimlet's a, a huge member of the community. He gives to the community on a regular basis without asking for anything back. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, uh, the other uh, candidates, nice nice people. Don't get me wrong. I'll never yeah. ever say anything against them personally. Uh, the way they run their business, uh, the way they operate, I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. I am not a uh, uh, Lawrence Gervais. Nice, nice man. Nice father. Yeah. Nice person. Uh, but as a leader, he has personally let me down on everything from uh, Métis Urban Housing to the, the way that they have. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit further, I hope with the uh, uh, having non-Métis contractors in doing the work in our 250 homes in Calgary. Wow. And also the uh, uh, the apprenticeship with him being the co-minister of Rupert's Land, uh, the, the opportunities there are for Métis apprenticeship mm-hmm. in our future that, uh, that I have had the opportunity to create a pipeline for generations of Métis skilled labor in our community, and uh, Lawrence dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. He uh, did nothing with it, and uh, wouldn't even talk to me about it. Why he couldn't get it done? Yeah. Uh, the part you know with Myrtle, Myrtle, lovely lady. I've talked to her on other occasions, but again, she is an employee of Rupert's Land. She's on leave right now, of course, to run for this election. But with Myrtle, same thing. Uh, the the questions of uh, of apprenticeship. That I've talked to her in the past, uh, fell on deaf ears. Nothing mm-hmm. was done. Uh, sure, she was working for Rupert's Land, and she says it was outside of her job description. But what is the job description of a Métis person, a Métis politician, yep. a Métis supporter? And that's to get things done. Absolutely. And uh, when I've had a request, and it hasn't been a written request, and of course mm-hmm. they're going to fall back on, I've had a request into Rupert's Land for just about 20 years for a first-year apprentice. Plumbing apprentice. Yeah. Never, they've never really delivered. 
Well, and I think that's uh, what's most interesting about this. You're talking about uh, apprenticeships and stuff and getting uh, young Métis into the trades. Uh, but you actually, like, you own your own business. You're in the trades. And so you have a kind of a unique opportunity to be, to make that available. And it doesn't seem like they're really taking you up on that offer. I, I don't understand how they can't take me serious. I'm a juryman plumber, gas fitter, steam fitter, pipe fitter. I've got my cross-connection certification. And I'm a third-year refrigeration air conditioning apprentice. Yeah. Um, the government, the federal government take me serious because I'm, I'm a Red Seal journeyman plumber. And also, I have, uh, you know, because I'm also a director of the Mechanical Contractors Association, I brought together a proposal to the Mechanical Contractors Association in talking with the, uh, the executive director, Russ Evans. Mm -hmm. And I also talked to Lawrence Gervais yeah. first about this before I took it any further. And of course, that was Métis apprenticeship in the yeah. trades. From there, uh, it was uh, got good response from the Mechanical Contractors Association. And then from the Métis Nation, we had a positive response. So I put together a proposal for the uh, the apprenticeship in the mechanical contractors, which are the plumbers, where yeah. it was unanimously approved by the board of directors for the Mechanical Contractors Association. Now wow. this proposal was going to be for all across Alberta. This proposal was going to allow our youth to get trained, pre-trained uh, through the Rupert's Land Institute, which I believe is their job mm -hmm. in training our youth to get prepared for uh, for the uh, future job market. And um, they would be able to then stay in their communities because we yeah. have mechanical contracting, plumbing companies all throughout Alberta and in every small town, Peace River, you know, not that Peace River is all that small, of course, but, but everywhere from Medicine Hat to Lethbridge to Calgary to Edmonton. Yep. All across the province, and then these these uh, Métis youth or adults would not have to leave their communities. They'd be able to find employment in their communities. the uh, The facts are that their uh, the federal government budget of twenty sixteen pledged eighty five point four million dollars over five years to support union based apprenticeship, and in Alberta, the twenty seventeen to twenty twenty fiscal plan has $46 million for apprenticeship delivery and new training opportunities. This was the reason that I, I brought this forward. On, oh gosh, what day was it? I'll just double check here. I believe it was March 22nd. I had a meeting where uh, uh, our president, uh, Audrey Poitras was there. Um, Marlene Lands, the president of Region 3. Mm -hmm. Lauren Gervais, the co-minister of Rubens Land was there uh, at the meeting. Uh, we had Lauren Gladue, the president of Rupert's Land. And I, I, I laid this out, gift wrapped them an opportunity to work with the Mechanical Contractors Association for generations to come. And um, I left that meeting feeling positive about it. Yeah. And I never heard from them for 13 months. Wow. I had to call them to see what was going on. Wow. At which time now I have retracted the offer of uh, working with the nation until after this election. Mm. If Joe Pimlot gets in, I will continue down this path. Yep. If not, I do not feel that 
if, uh, with Lawrence. He being uh, the co-minister of Rupert's Land and dropping the ball so badly, in my opinion, on this, not being able to get it, uh, get it over the finish line. Uh, I would not be able to work with uh, Lawrence on this. And Myrtle, being an employee and coming from that atmosphere um, of Rupert's Land, I'm not sure if she could do anything also. So. Well, it seems like a kind of an entrenched view then. If, if, if they were to get back in, it's just more of the same of what's happening now. It's what I would predict. Um, so and it's really quite sad that they won't jump on this opportunity. I mean, this, that's a phenomenal opportunity. And I think, especially in today's atmosphere in, in governments, if you can walk in, in with an indigenous plan already laid out with, like you said, the Mechanical Contractors Association. So you've already done the work. You've already done the private industry. You've already put those two together. Everybody's agreed. I mean, that's a, that, that is gift-wrapped. I mean, you literally just walk into the government and they do nothing except get their name in the paper with a big picture and say, hey, look what, what we've done. And they get credit for it. So to me, that's a win for not only indigenous, like, you know, Métis people and stuff, and for yourself and, and the youth, but, I mean, it's a win for the government. This is this is really a no-brainer. It's a, it is. It's a, it's a lobbed ball out of the ballpark. You know, and, and this is an opportunity, not just for the Métis Nation. This is an opportunity for the people of Canada. This yeah. year is just starting off, as far as I was concerned, in, 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 in Alberta. Uh, the federal government, of course, they're pushing apprenticeship for skilled labor, of which we we have we don't we do not have enough tradesmen. Yeah. And the Canadian tradesmen are are some of the top programs in the world. Yes, they for, are for uh, being recognized for our our, our training. Absolutely. Um, so here we are. We have an opportunity to create skilled labor for Canada and to help out the Métis community. And Rupert's Land, our leaders, our ministers, dropped the ball inside the Métis Nation. Yeah. Well, and I think that says a lot about when they, they make these grand speeches and they say, oh, we're going to be our own government. We're going to do all these great things. But, I mean, if they can't make something like this happen, when it was essentially all done for them, I mean, sign the paper, go talk to the government and make everything happen. I mean... In the 13 months they didn't communicate with you, they, they could have had that going and probably had youth enrolled in it already by that time, I would think. Yes, yes, the, the apprenticeship program, um, you know, it's all geared towards the next economic boom in Alberta. Hopefully that's going to be in a very short time in our mm -hmm. future. Yep. And uh, and those, those Métis uh, apprentices could be ready for that big next economic boom that, yeah. uh, to be able to contribute to Alberta's economy for the future. Well, and like you said, um, I know from working around trades almost my entire adult life, I know that Canadian tradesmen and women are worldwide sought after. Um, I think the quality of training and work you get here far and away exceeds a lot, almost every other country. Because I know guys, like I used to work for a company and we were doing work down in Cuba, and it was all... They wanted Canadian workers, not necessarily just because of the U.S. embargo, but the Canadian workers did the best job. They, they brought in the best skills, and they did it with the, the best knowledge. So, I mean, this is really an opportunity, like you said, not just beyond Canada and beyond Alberta. I mean, that's a real opportunity for Métis youth who might not realize that they could be 
working overseas six months of the year or doing some of those kinds of jobs with trades. The skilled labor opportunities that we have and more importantly with skilled labor comes higher wages. Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's more dollars you know, yeah. for our community to spend within our community, um, which hasn't happened either, which yeah. is something I'd like to talk about a little later on, of course, with the business sure. directory um, and, and <laughs> how we can, we can help each other yeah. rather than just hire other people that we're going to hire anyways. Absolutely. Let's hire people out of our Métis community. Yeah. Well, and, and that's another issue that you had sort of brought up at the, the forum was, um, I know with like with urban housing, I think you mentioned it, and is the fact that they are hiring non-Métis contractors. I've heard it from other people where they have non-Métis employees working in Edmonton. And well, you do need people with the skills at, at some point in time, though, you do need to look at hiring Métis people for Métis jobs within the Métis nation to to better your own nation, to better your people. The uh, From what I've seen, uh, Métis Urban Housing, as a capital corporation, uh, the people that run it are not Métis. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the executive director, nice man, yeah, nice man. Uh, why he does not support Métis business, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd be, I used to do work for uh, Métis Urban Housing. Uh, three years ago, they stopped. There was a changing of the guard, and all of a sudden... Uh, they were not using my company, which is fine. Uh, I don't need their work. Mm -hmm. you know, my company is large enough and uh, and uh, self-sufficient that we do not need the Métis uh, Nations uh, at, at the urban housing, Métis urban housing's work. Yeah. What bothers me is the Métis tile setter, carpet layer, carpenter, roofer, any of these guys that are trying to feed their three kids at home mm -hmm. and their wife. And they're struggling right now because of our economy. Yes. And here we have 250 homes in Calgary that people are bragging about, oh, we're going to do renovations on them. Well, why are we not using the Métis tradesmen that we have available Absolutely. here in Calgary? And I've asked this of uh, Edmonton and Calgary. Yep. I've, I've talked to Marlene and Lawrence about this. I, I, I want to just state, Marlene Lands has done a wonderful job. I love Marlene, but in the same breath, I have to not consider my feelings for these other people. I have to consider what's best for the, for the nation's future, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, I am doing this because of what I feel is is going to be the uh, the best opportunity for our people to come. So, Métis Urban Housing uh, sends me a contract out of the blue. Yeah, and it is signed. Uh, we send all the information. Insurance, WCB clearances, everything we have to to do work for the Métis uh, Urban Housing, and uh, get a, get a signed uh, uh, contract back from the uh, the director of housing, and then we get no work. And I send uh, we send emails. We were happy that we will start working with you. I get yep. an email back a month later saying, "Oh, thank you for your interest, but we have another plumbing company we're using now." Yeah. Why did they send me the contract in the first place? I don't yep. know. I'm, I'm not worried about these things right now because I'm waiting until after the election. After mm -hmm. the election, then I will decide um, what I will be doing mm -hmm. to pursue this. I've got a, a, a contract 
that they're not honoring, that's their choice. Yep. And uh, if there's anything wrong with the with myself or the type of work my company does or anything like that, then we can deal with that. But just to be ignored uh, is is not satisfactory. Well, and, and, and you strike me as the kind of guy that if they would have said, we sent you the contract, but there's these four other Métis contractors who are just starting out and they got three guys working for them and we thought it'd be better to give them the work. I, I think you, you seem like the kind of guy that would go, that, okay, I get that, if they were Métis. But just to be like, no, we're not using you. Well, that's not really an explanation. That's not That's not a good enough reason, I don't think. I mean... Unless you, you know, you did something really bad, but you know, I've been in business for thirty years, yeah, and uh, and do work for some of the largest corporations uh, in Canada, in the United States, yeah, and uh, North America, and uh, so it's not a matter of the quality of my work. It's not a matter of the, yeah. the anything we do. It's a decision that Meet Urban Housing is making, and right now, uh, the leadership is not willing to go and uh, and talk to me about it. I was, I was the 2017 Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, and I talked to the executive director of Métis Urban Housing, told him my concerns, haven't heard back, haven't heard a thing. Wow. See, and I've, uh, I've, heard, I've heard stories about Métis Urban Housing, and I've never heard really great stories about it. Um, the fact that they have 250 homes here in Calgary, I mean, I would think that's a huge opportunity, especially when you bring this this package, this gift of apprenticeship to them. I mean, the first thought I, as soon as you said Métis Urban Housing, my first thought is, so you have this apprenticeship program that you're, you've pretty much finished off. They just got to sign some papers and make it happen and start recruiting. And then you already have houses that need maintenance and stuff. So it seems like a kind of almost a no brainer. Like we have a demand for that type of work within the nation itself, let alone Going out to other businesses and other contractors and just doing general, general apprenticeship work, but and, and uh, the the opportunities inside the nation uh, with these houses is nothing compared to private industry. Yes, and the opportunities Agreed. to work in hospitals, yeah. office buildings, uh, superstores. You know, uh, you know, building the putting in the infrastructure and building these stores and yeah. and and office buildings. <laughs> fire halls, mm -hmm. hospitals, everything that's available to an apprenticeship yeah. uh, for these these uh, adults, young adults, youth, to uh, to be able to strive and yes. to prosper. But, again, for some reason, somebody has made a decision it wasn't worth it. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's important. You, uh, you had said that you're, you know, you have to set aside your personal feelings because I, I think it's important for people to hear that you're not doing this because you're bitter. You're not doing this because you hate people. You're looking three generations from now and saying, well, where are we going to be if we're not setting stuff up now? And I think that's a really good viewpoint. And I think it's a viewpoint that we need to have more of in, in general society, let alone just within the Métis community. Well, the thing is, too, if you're going to talk the talk, let's walk the walk. I have Métis apprentices yeah. that I put through, and I have Métis apprentice now. Uh, I have a 22-year-old First Nation young man who has apprenticed with me is four years and is a journeyman plumber at 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the Aboriginal community is, is what I'm looking to help with my, my of course, my, my preference and my, 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 uh, my, uh, sorry, loyalty or loyalties. Yeah. Uh, do fall to the Métis. 
Absolutely. And, and we have to take care of our own backyard. Yes. We have to take care of our own backyard to be able to help any of the other Aboriginal communities. For sure. So that's that's where I believe we should... Uh, well, I mean, then you have to start creating these economic opportunities within. Because uh, the, the governments can only do so much. But when like private industry is willing to work like a contractor's association, you have to seize those opportunities to create those economies within. Um, like you said, like, you know, this was all across Alberta. It's not just having one person out there as a tradesperson. That person might start their own business. Then now they're hiring a couple of apprentices. Well, then 20 years from now, that person's in a position you're in where they can now have multiple apprentices. They have a business. They can they can do more with what they've gotten. And it's, it's because they were part of this nation of people. And it, it was created because they were part of this community. And I think that's a, a really important aspect of community building. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, it, it's very tough um, to see this, to see our locals and the, mm -hmm. problem, the problems that we're having there. Um, you know, I, uh, again, <clears throat> you know, part of the problems that I see in leadership, you know, in our community now is it's a very, very uh, time consuming job. And I appreciate yeah. that for the uh, for the leaders that are out there. But you know, uh, you know, I sit on the MET, uh, on the local eighty-seven, on their housing committee. Yeah. And I'm there, and uh, and we were having a, a meeting on on uh, the 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 lease for the the property. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking my time. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, everybody else is. And Lawrence Gervais, you know, he says I got 15 minutes, and I got I have to leave. You know, yeah. I've got to get home to the babysitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I appreciate that everybody has that life and everything else. But if you're going to take on this position, you either take it on and understand the, the responsibilities that come with it or yeah. do not. Yeah. That's your choice. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm very, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, Lawrence, he's a father of two uh, twins. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've got two boys. I love my boys more than anything else. I'm sure that he loves his children more than anything else. And so I get that. But For if sure. you're going to take on a government position, and want to uh, to be in a position like that, then you have to be open to the criticism and the responsibilities that go along with it. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, for me to volunteer my time, I've got no problem with that. But for me to hear that the elected official that's there has to leave in 15 minutes, and and Lawrence does this often. He shows up yeah. for events and then leaves. Yeah. You know, it's it's what he does. Well, and, and that is probably one one of the biggest things that I've always liked about Joe, even long before these elections, long before actually long before I was even doing this podcast is uh, I would go to a community event and it had nothing to do with Métis stuff and who's volunteering Joe is, or you go and he's always volunteering through the Shriners and stuff like that. Um, it was like every event that was going on, there's Joe. Uh, and then especially if it was like indigenous or Métis related, um, he was doing things when they reopened Indian village for stampede, but in the new location, I remember going down in there, and there's Joe. He's going over to Fort Calgary to pick up the Red River cart and bringing yes. it back. And he's doing these. Nobody's paying him for his gas. And nobody's and it, helping that, him. And that was not affiliated with the MNA. Yeah. And, and you're, like you said, nobody's helping him. But he's doing these things on his own. And he has great ideas of how of events he wants to, of community building he wants to. But he, he can't do it on his own right now, you know, or back then. He, it, it's, it's more than a one-man show. Yes. And uh, so that's, 
that's what I've always respected about him is that everything he's done, uh, working at the Friendship Center, everything, was about the community, not just, oh, I got a position now. Great. <laughs> well, you know, and with Joe, you know, some people say he's, he quit. You know, yeah. he, he had his term at the uh, as the, the vice uh, uh, as vice president yeah. of the uh, of the province. Uh, everybody, you know, it's easy to throw throw stones in a glass house. His mother, you know, passed. His his family was mourning. Yeah, he had to be with his family, and he left for that reason. Um, yes. Some people say he quit. Yep. You know, to him. And again, with Lawrence and his and his kids saying he's got to get home, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But Lawrence is still taking his paycheck, you yes. know. And Joe left the nation um, to be with his family. Yeah. And he, and you know, I can only go by what Joe said to me that he talked to Audrey and that the that, that they understood and she understood and that uh, it was the best thing for his family because mm-hmm. he had to take care of his family. They were yeah. grieving and. Uh, you know, heaven forbid when my mother passes, I know where I'll be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's the thing, you know, you talk about responsibility. Well, he realized he there was no way he could take care of his family and do that job in Edmonton at the same time. So something had to give. He manned up. Yeah, exactly. He manned up. He took care of his family. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, if, I have nothing but respect for anybody that does that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he, he did it in such a way where he did not want to hinder the nation. Uh, the Métis Nation. He was. He left that position, uh, yeah. and the way they chose to fill it or not fill it uh, is what they did. Absolutely. But, yeah. But Joe manned up and left, and uh, and came back to take care of his family. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he's in a very different spot now than he was back then, and I think he's more than ready to to take control of it again. And I think and, and be involved. And, you know. You know, Marlene. You know, she's been there for for. 22, 24 years, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. And she's done a wonderful job of getting the nation to where she is now. But, um, again, I, I don't, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlene has always been good to me. But there are people out there that say that they're scared of her. That uh, that uh, she she runs things the way she does. Um, yeah, she's a strong-willed woman. But where I have a problem with is that, you know, she has hand you know hand groomed lawrence for this position and yet i've seen him do nothing but drop the ball in his four years yeah along the way yeah so uh, i do not see him with all due respect to marlene Uh, i love you marlene but uh i do not see lawrence as being my leader Mm -hmm. for the into our, our our future yeah and i think that's fair to say for sure um so there was a few other things that you had brought up um at the meeting, and I don't know if you wanted to touch on some of those. Uh, just going back to, I guess, some of the apprenticeship stuff like that. Um, but there were some other, like with Rupert's Land and things like that. Was there other things that, I guess, maybe you're, you want to? Oh, we we talked about the business directory. That was one of them. Where this was, um, and this was what was one of the things that was new to me is, from what I understood, what was said there is there's a business directory that was completed of Métis businesses. And to access that, so if industry wanted to come and say, hey, I want to hire a Métis business, let me see your directory, the nation would charge $1,000 for them to access that. Is that yes, this, yeah. uh, this business directory is, is a joke. Um, it's been, they've been talking about it for years and years and years. Uh, 
you know, I was up in Edmonton uh, talking to the vice president of TransCanada Pipelines, uh, who funded this this uh, directory. Okay. And so it's a database uh, for Métis business. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm talking to Theo Theo Peters up in in Edmonton at the Métis Nation office. Nice young man. Nice young man. He's doing yeah. his job, and that's all he's doing. He works for uh, Bruce Gladue, uh, the economic development minister, I believe, is his position, and uh, he. Uh, he, he sent this this form, you know, and went and looked at it and everything else. And and here they are. They're asking for, you know, the names of the of the owners and, and full and part time owners of the organization. Uh, I'm looking at the form right now. Key personnel. Uh, they're they're looking for uh, the financial uh, volumes of the, of the business, safety programs, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. They've just eliminated 90% of the mom and pop organizations that are out there. They're asking for big projects that they worked on and everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought that this was going to be a <laughs> grassroots registry. So I'm talking to Theo and I'm saying, you know, what's going on here, Theo? And he goes, well, you know, you have to fill this out. And I said, okay, then what happens? Well, then he goes in our business directory. And I said, okay, well, I'd like to see this business directory. Well, you can't. It's a kind of a pay-per-view viewing. Hmm. And so I said, Theo, what are you talking about? I'm a member of the Métis Nation. This here was funded for the Métis people. And he says, Rod, that's above my pay grade. You know? <laughs> and uh, what it comes down to is, is it's a pay-per-view. $1,000 to take a look at it is wow. basically what he told me. And I said, okay, Theo, I can appreciate that. Um, it's, it, this is not your position to talk about. You've done your job and, and very, very well. He was very, very, uh, you know, uh, spoke well, spoke educated, you yeah. know, he knew about the policy and everything else, but he was just doing what he was told. Mm -hmm. And so I can't blame the young man, but what I can blame is a business directory for the Métis people that I thought was coming for the Métis people so that we could work amongst ourselves, yeah. not have to rely on industry to be the token Indian that they're looking for a Métis uh, business so that they can get a $100 million contract from the federal mm -hmm. government because they have to use a certain amount of, uh, of Aboriginal employment yeah, yeah. and business. And that's what I'm seeing this directory as, is, is those opportunities. There is, oh, look at the opportunities for us to work on the pipeline. Well, what about the people in Calgary? What about the people in yeah. Edmonton that just live in the cities? Red Deer, Lethbridge, <laughs> Medicine Hat, Medicine all Hat, these places, yeah. All these places. What happened to the grassroots that I've been asking for for 10 years um, where we have a business directory where if we need a plumber, if we need an electrician, mm -hmm. we need a roofer, if we need an accountant, if we need somebody to do Botox, you know, something yeah. as silly as that, that we have a business directory where we can use our own resources, our own community. We yeah. talk about own, our own government. We talk about our own leadership. We talk about all these things. And yet we can't even get together a grassroots opportunity for our, our own businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about grassroots. We're talking about getting right down to the dirt. We don't need to worry about grass. Let's get down to the dirt. Let's get down to the reality of what people need for our people to be able to take it to the next level. Absolutely. And that's working together, supporting each other. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed by this business directory. Well, and, you know, it seems to me like uh, I 
I can see their logic for having some of those questions because if certain in the oil industry anyways you have to have a certain type of safety program certain safety ratings as a company to even walk on the site at that location so I get I get why they would ask those questions but at the same time I see what you're saying where it's you know if I'm sitting in Calgary and I need my roof fixed my first place I should look is the Métis directory to say is there any Métis roofing companies in Calgary if there's not is there any in Airdrie and is there any surrounding community and and if there's if there's nothing okay then I just go to a roofing contractor but my first chance should be to look at that um, and see who's in my area that's Métis that does these things and like you said, it's everything. It's not just trades. It's accounting, professional services, anything like that. Anything. And the, the best way, the best place to look is the Jewish community. Why should we have to reinvent the wheel? Mm -hmm. The Jewish community, is all, community has always supported each other. And that's why they become so successful. Yes. Follow the, follow the, the roadmap that's already set out in front of us. This, uh, this database is set up for the oil and gas company. This it is, is set up totally. for the, the uh, work to be done up in, in northern Alberta, uh, going across to British Columbia, Saskatchewan, wherever it's going to go. This is what it's set up for. Absolutely. It is set, not set up for 95% of the Métis that live in, in our urban communities. Yeah. Um, I, I truly believe they missed the mark. I, I think their heart was always in the right place of thinking that they were going to do the right thing. But we take a look at big, big industry. Um, so much of, of the big industry, and, and I'm going to get I'm going to get slapped on this one. Uh, they they don't care about us. No, they don't. They want to be able to have Aboriginal content so they can meet their quotas. They can tell people that they are employing Aboriginal communities. Yep. So that they can move forward with federal guidelines. Absolutely. This is this is the facts. Um, there, there are so many opportunities in other ways for us to move forward. And with a grassroots registry for each community, let's mm -hmm. start there. And it's so simple. Absolutely. Call the, call the regional office. Give me your name. Give me your yeah. phone number. Give me your, your, your email. Whatever it is. And let's get started. Well, and, and the thing is, even as we sit here and talk, I'm thinking about this directory. I'm thinking... What if there's a, a Métis restaurant owners? Well, if I'm thinking of going out to eat, why don't I go eat there? If that's the type of food that I wanted to get. Uh, what if, you know, anything like that. What if there's a, a Métis, some Métis people that own a, a, you know, a fruit and vegetable place? Well, go buy your stuff there. So it, it is a way to really, it doesn't even have to be like tradespeople or accountants or one person, individual. It's everything. If you're going to go buy shoes, well, if a Métis person owns a shoe store go buy the shoes there and i i just so i'm thinking about your as you're talking and i'm like like this is it's a no-brainer yeah like it, it'd be so valuable and even people outside the nation who identify as metis could access it to see where they might want to go to be around other metis people um you know it's it's huge. It's, it's just uh, let's let's create the metis economy it's Absolutely. as simple as that yeah you know, we, we talk about making, uh, let's make the Métis great again. Um, we were great at one time. For sure. You know, right now, you know, we're, we're there. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're the Métis. You know, we jig, we fiddle. Um, and uh, then we go home for the, for the week. 
And uh, then, you know, a couple weeks later, we'll get together to jig and fiddle again. Mm. Why don't we talk and communicate and do business and support each other in all aspects of the community? Absolutely. That's the starting point. And I truly believe that Joe's going to get there, get us there. Uh, Lawrence has had the opportunity to do that. Uh, He hasn't, in my opinion. Uh, Myrtle, she wants to try. I don't believe she can get there with the Rupert's Land mentality that she's been uh, involved with for all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope that uh, Bob uh, Bob Phillips, who's running for the the vice, uh, I hope he's able to understand this. Yeah. Because uh, Bob's background is industry, big industry. Yeah, yeah. Is he going to have anything to do with grassroots? I certainly hope so. You yeah. Know, he talks that. They all talk that. They all have the buzzwords. So we're going to do this for the youth. We're going to do this for the seniors. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Okay. You, you tell me you're going to do this. Now tell me how. How yes, are you going to do this? Exactly. I'm tired of people promising, you yep. know, and, you know, how are you going to do it? Yeah. Tell me that. I'm willing to listen. And uh, I, I just don't see a whole bunch of substance coming out of the other candidates' mouths. No, and I, I think we uh, too much of it is wrapped up in a mentality of, of government funding. When the reality is, like you said, if we can start building your own economies with the business directory, with these other things, uh, apprenticeship programs as an example, and I mean there's lots of other things that you can start doing beyond that to build that economy within. That's where your strength is. Because government funding is fleeting at best. The next government that comes in with a different color is going to change all that funding. And in the end of the day, that government funding is a promise of maybe we'll give you this money. <laughs> but especially when you look at the federal budget. I mean, when they're saying we're going to give $500 million over 10 years. Well, what if the blue team gets in next and they say, nope, sorry, we're cutting all that. Those you are, have no recourse on that. And, and so those, it's those very up and down. Yeah. Those are facts. You know, the, 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 the good thing is, is that the, the federal government has supported Aboriginal business for decades. Yeah. They really have. Yeah. Um, the procurement strategy for Aboriginal business is a federal program that back when I was involved with it set aside $400 million for Aboriginal business every year. Mm-hmm. Now, they flew me out from Calgary to Ottawa and Gatineau in Quebec to participate in the rewriting of the policy for the procurement strategy of Aboriginal business, for Aboriginal business. Yeah. Uh, my fingerprints are all over the policy. I know how the policy works. I know how the, the director, Brad Klein, is still the director. Uh, Lee Williams is one of the caseworkers there that's uh, that's a senior caseworker, I believe now. Um, these are the same people who have been there for 15 years. Yes. And their mandate is procurement strategy for Aboriginal <laughs> business. This is Métis, First Nations, or Inuit. Yeah. Those are the facts. Absolutely. And so here we are with an opportunity of which nobody understands or takes advantage of. They just, nobody can, can do it. It took me three years to build it. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to redo it. Yeah. I'm willing to go back. If Joe Pimlot gets in... I am willing to go back on my own dollar. I will fly to Ottawa and I will talk to the procurement strategy for Aboriginal business executive director, Brad Klein. I will take my 22 year old son. So they're not dealing with a 59 year old businessman. 
They are dealing with a 59-year-old businessman and his 22-year-old son, who is going to be using this policy for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And also, I will take Métis businesses in Alberta and show them to the federal government on the procurement strategy for Aboriginal business. I will have Darlene Chaka out of Edmonton come down and help with the small to medium sized enterprises is what the uh, what they call it here in, in Alberta. Mm -hmm. She will come down and work with the community and with these businesses to yep. teach them how to do business with the government. That, that, and that doesn't mean that we're given work. We have to earn that work. We, yeah, yeah. we do have to go through the procedure and go through the hoops. But I'll tell you one thing. When I did it, it took me three years. And I had a champion, Gord Purcell. Gord Purcell was, was, was with Public Works, the Government Services Canada. He was the head buyer. He was the person in charge of it for Western Canada. And he championed the Aboriginal people mm -hmm. here in Western Canada for the procurement strategy for Aboriginal business. I am going to go and I am going to look and find that person that is going to champion the cause here for Alberta. That's what I will find. And I will do that for our community if Joe gets in. Because if Lawrence gets in, I can't see it happening. Myrtle gets in, I can't see it happening. Mm -hmm. So I am willing to do this to involve our community. Yeah. I'm also willing to uh, uh, start something else. Uh, myself and some other businessmen have $100,000 to invest invest inside our Métis community with businesses. If they're good businesses and it makes economic sense and it is an investment, so it's an economic decision. But I have $100,000 that will be used with the Métis community and businesses to help them grow using the federal government procurement strategy for Aboriginal business, the provincial government, the small, small to medium-sized enterprises, their civic government, and then there's also the private industry that wants to use Aboriginal business. Mm -hmm. And the private industry, they want to use Aboriginal business because it's an advantage to them. The Absolutely. Métis community is the fastest growing community in Canada. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have the, the, uh, the, the people coming in. We need more people to, yes. to step up and uh, accept their, uh, not accept, but... Uh, but uh, I love the fact that they're Métis and uh, understand the opportunities that are there for them as an Aboriginal person. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, like, I really get a sense from you that you, you do feel a sense of responsibility to your Métis community. And I think that's, that's what we need to foster. We need to see more fostering of that sense of responsibility so that if, if I, I go out and I use a program and I become somewhat successful with it, that I don't just, you know, that I, I pay it forward, so to speak, where, well, now my responsibility is to, is to make that program go further now, is to get involved and take things to the next level that is beyond where you're even thinking. And so it's like, that's what you have. It'll be a continuously growing thing because as people go through these programs, as businesses start to develop and grow, you're going to see more employment. You're going to see more strength within that Métis community. And those things are just going to elevate every every generation. They're going to get stronger and stronger. It's an evolving process. Yeah, that that will come. Um, the big thing is about the Métis community is that 
you know, so many people uh, handpick their situations, whether they're going to be mainstream society, mm -hmm. non-Aboriginal, or Aboriginal because they're Métis. Yes. You know, um, and you know, that's people's choices. People mm -hmm. are going to do what they feel is best for themselves. Yeah. But we need to do what's best for our community. Absolutely. If we step up and do what's right for our community, then it, it's just the right thing to do. Well, and I think you'd have, um, like, I, if you look at Statistics Canada, the Calgary area, so Calgary and like Airdrie and Black Diamond and Canmore, and that whole surrounding area in Calgary is about twenty-five to 26,000 Métis people. Not all of them are Métis Nation members. But that's a huge opportunity when you look at business. When you look at being able to use that directory and look up restaurants, look up uh, tradespeople, look up accountants. Um, when you think about that, if there's 25, 26,000 in Calgary alone, in the province they say there's close to 115,000 Métis, those are huge opportunities to, to drive this to another level. What the, the, the big white elephant is in the room that nobody's talking about, Darcy, is the 2016 Daniels case. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court ruling, you know, is going to, you know, set aside the Métis people on, on, the, on the same playing field as the, uh, the First Nations. Yes. So we don't have those rights yet, but it gives us the opportunity to negotiate for those rights. You know, we don't need it. You know, it's wonderful. We have a framework agreement with, with uh, Alberta Parks, I believe. Yeah. The, the latest one, the federal yeah, government yeah. with Parks. We get... Free admission yes. into the parks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Why the hell aren't we doing the work in the parks? Exactly. Why are we not, as an Aboriginal people, stated that we get work there? Yep. You know, it's great. We go, oh, this great framework agreement. We get to, we get free admission to the parks. What have they been working on all these years? Free, yes. free admission? Yeah. I mean, let's get some work out of this. Let's get something <laughs> that's got some substance and bite to it. I mean, I can't believe the number of people that were so they were so happy about what happened. I asked them, well, what was the agreement? They don't know. Mm -hmm. And then there's other agreements. And it's all fine and dandy for people to say, oh, we have an agreement with this. We have an agreement with that. Who's policing it? Exactly. Who is the one who puts some, let's put some teeth into it yeah. so that there is something that we can go by. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the procurement strategy for Aboriginal business, that is the nice thing about it, is that is that the government agencies do want to use it. The mm -hmm. agencies want to use it everywhere from the uh, Department of National Defense to Public Works Government Services Canada. Yeah. Parks Canada actually has place in this for uh, for where they want to use people yeah. that are uh, registered and certified with the federal government. Yeah. The opportunities are there. But when we take a look at, at what's happening in Alberta, and the the Daniels case. I'm sorry, I, I digress there for a second because the most important thing is that I talk about this because this is probably the most important thing we're going to talk about right now is the amount of money that is going to be coming into the Métis Nation over the next couple of generations. Mm -hmm. We're uh, hundreds of millions of dollars are coming to the Métis. Nobody knows that. Yeah, and they kind of get okay. Yeah, we kind of have an idea. There's going to be some money coming. The economic development, the yeah, yeah. education, yeah. the uh, you know, all the aspects of this money coming to our nation. And we're putting it in the hands of people that I'm not sure 
Well, I am sure they do not know how to properly take that, that funding, that money, those opportunities, and put them into something positive for the Métis people of Alberta, not the yeah. elect the, the, the couple of few people that they want to help out or mm -hmm. they feel is going to be able to do it. We want this for everybody. Yeah. Now, what this is going to mean, Darius, is all of a sudden there's going to be, when some people realize there's hundreds of millions of dollars coming to the Métis Nation, as a person who doesn't have his card, there's going to be a flood of people coming to the nation. Sure. Sure and with that means is that there's more money from the federal government coming to the to the Métis Nation, yeah. which is all which is which is wonderful as long as that money is used properly. Yes. If it's not used properly, I won't even see the money because it's yeah. just going to be blown. You know, just throw it up in the wind. Well, I'd rather see see it stay with Canada yeah. rather than wasted. And, and uh, you know, one of the one of the problems that I've I've had for quite some time when it comes to money. Is they this five hundred million dollars over ten years for housing, and I mean I I personally witnessed promises being made to communities that they will take care of the housing in that community, but then they go to the next community and make that same promise, and the next community and make that same promise, and the next community, and then when when you hear about them talking about it in the press, or they put something on their website, it's when we get the money we're going to do consultations. To figure out where that money needs to be spent and my thing is, is if you were in touch with your people wouldn't you already know where it needs to go like so my worry is is that we're going to see a huge amount of bureaucracy all of a sudden there's going to be jobs created to create more ministers and secretaries and, and admin people but then the actual money going to housing is about a third of what everybody's expecting or less because it's chewed up in consultations and traveling the province is chewed up in bureaucracy and and that's my big fear with this is that if if they don't like you said if they, if they don't already know what's going on then giving them a hundred million dollars it's not gonna fix the problem it, you know and the problem is is that there are people there in head office that have no accountability yeah where is the accountability absolutely you know, we can talk about this and that and all the problems in the world but let's find a solution Yes. You know, my staff, they don't come to me with a problem. Mm -hmm. they, if they have a problem, they bring it to me. But they have a solution behind the question. Yeah. And so why can our why can our politicians not do that? You know, they hide behind the fact, oh, we, we want to make sure we're doing what's right for the people and not for ourselves. Okay. Yeah. You want consultation? We've already talked about this for years. Everybody knows what's going on. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, right now, some people say the Métis Nation is a dictatorship. Yeah. Uh, do I believe that? No. I personally don't see it. But then I'm self-sufficient. Yeah, I'm yeah. not reliant on the nation. Yeah. I'm not reliant on people, you know, uh, on them making promises to me, you know, for my livelihood and for my, uh, uh, for my well-being. Yeah. You know, or, you know, uh, for any business they give me because yeah. I donate everything that we do for the nation in the past, well, I shouldn't say everything, of course, I've done for AT Urban Housing when we were working there, it was a business. Yeah. But for what we do for the nation's uh, office here, regional office, the plumbing work we did there, it was donated. Mm -hmm. The work that we're doing in the local 87 on the uh, the house and the uh, church, I donate that. Mm -hmm. You know, that is part of me trying to get back to our community. Yeah. And that's what I want to see from any businesses that I help start that I help mentor, yeah. I want to make sure they give back to the community. Yeah. 
We, uh, I don't know how many businesses, the Appy Togasan says that they have helped start up. Sure they have. These businesses have started up and Appy Togasan has been right there to support them in starting up. And then you never hear from these businesses again. Yeah, yeah. They've taken the $75,000 that Happy Togasun yeah. has given them as a grant, and they've ran with it. Yeah, yeah. And they've ran right around the street to any other community but ours. Well, and how many of them are even actually still in business? I mean, who knows? Right? Well, that's the other thing is how many businesses have, have taken that money, ran it for a couple of years, and then sold the business. Yeah. And uh, made that money, never offered to give anything back to the community. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the, that's the problem with the happy Togasan as far as yeah, I'm yeah. concerned. Um, and you know, they state certain things and, mm -hmm. uh, and I guess I shouldn't speak for Mike Ivey. Um, uh, again, Mike and I do not talk. And mm -hmm. so I, I do not have an opinion, uh, on Mike, uh, happy. I see what's going on and I have an opinion on happy Togasan cause that is a, a Métis owned business. Absolutely. Um, yep. Mike runs it. I think there could be changes done there, but until him and I sit down, we have the opportunity. As I, as I'm willing to sit down with anybody in the Métis Nation, mm -hmm. anybody in government, any minister, co-minister, any uh, director, any staff, I, Rod Stagg, as a member of the Métis Nation of Alberta, will sit down and as a businessman for the last 30 years, coaching for 25 years in, in minor sports, flying to Ottawa to represent the nation, doing everything that I can or will in the future and past, I will sit down and talk to them about the way I see things being run. Mm -hmm. If they want to know uh, a Métis citizen's opinion and they're willing to sit down with me, yeah. I will sit down with them respectfully yeah. and talk to them about it and openly. Yeah, yeah. That's my position. Well, I think that's a wonderful position to have. Um, we're running short on time. I really want to thank you for being on the show. Is there anything, I guess, any final thoughts or anything, last words that you you want to leave with people or you want to, that we didn't meant talk about or touch on, anything like that? You know, the election. Yeah. The election. It doesn't matter what I think or say. Yep. You know, I have an opinion. I'm willing to stand by everything that I said. Um, if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. Yeah. When I'm right... I like people to know it and to uh, to to support people mm -hmm. that, that need help that okay. inside our community. Um, like I said, uh, provincially, you know, uh, that's going to be a, a tough election. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Audrey's been there for all these years, and and I love Audrey, I truly do. Um, uh, but I guess the nation will speak. It will not uh, when uh, go to the polls on September 18th, uh, it's a, it's it's a Tuesday, so a lot of people don't realize that and they're, they're going to be work and they're busy. The polls, the uh, pre pre uh, uh, the pre polls, pre election polls, were outstanding. You know, uh, probably up uh, 75 percent. Wow. You know, uh, you wow, know, that would be great. And so get out and vote. Yes. You know. You know, if, if you believe in Lawrence, get out and vote for Lawrence. If you believe in Myrtle, get out and vote for Myrtle. I believe in Joe. Yeah. I truly believe that he can take us not to the future, but to the next level of uh, leadership that will, for our children, our mm -hmm. youth. Uh, yeah. We, you know, Joe's, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, trying to do stuff with the youth now. 
Yeah, uh, that's a big thing is youth and seniors. Um, with the youth, um, he wants to have uh, input into what they want yes. before the election. He wants that from the seniors. Uh, even Joe's uh, putting together a uh, a uh, a youth night at one of the uh, at Tool Shed Brewery. Mm -hmm. For a bunch of youth to go to listen to this person's, you know, Graham, uh, the owner of Toolshed, the wonderful story of of how he built his business, uh, and it, it's it's wonderful. It's amazing what mm -hmm. he did and how he kept his business going. For for an entrepreneur, for a young person to hear this story yeah. will allow him to grow so much more. He or she, I'm sorry, and so those opportunities are there. Um, we take a look at the local. We need more support for the locals. For sure. Uh, you know, I want to become a member. Uh, I am a member uh, of, uh, of the nation, but of course I've had to become a, a true member of the local. I just started, of course, Len over there just does such a wonderful job. I mean, he volunteers, he takes care of things. You yeah. know, he is a, a true, true uh, committed member of our nation, mm -hmm. Len Blondeau. Um, then, you know, we carry on. You know, yeah. there's so many good people out there. And I think what's happened is, is, that, is that we've become a little bit stale. In our mm -hmm. community, and for us to be able to take it to that next level, we really have to uh, uh, take a look to the future, and that's our youth. I agree, and I think uh, for me, that's what I look at at these elections. Uh, no matter who's in power, I think if you've been in power over two decades, that's too long. Because I've I've, I've seen people work at jobs, just private industry jobs, where they're working not as a business owner, just working there for twenty years. It, they get stagnant. They don't have fresh ideas. They've been doing it too long. I've been at my job for six years, and I'll bet you somebody else could come in new and have 20 new ideas that I'm not even thinking about because I, I know how to do my job. This is this kind of the status quo, and I think it's naturally a human just to get into a flow. And now that you're in that flow, it's almost impossible to get out. So I see this as an opportunity to not change because anybody's a bad human being, but just change because we need new ideas. We need fresh eyes. We need fresh blood to be in there who's willing to just roll up the sleeves and go to go to work. I agree with what you're saying, Darcy, but I think there's one component that we should add, and that's there's never, ever a place not set at the table for our seniors. Absolutely. With yes. what we're taking a look from our leadership that have been there for 20 years and were there during real bad times in the mm -hmm. beginning, like the Métis... Uh, the way that they supported the community and kept it going for all those years. I mean, Marlene started the the uh, the uh, business uh, mm. uh, business night on uh, the third Thursdays, yeah. and keeping that going since 1991, I believe. Um, you take a look at the knowledge that she has. I truly, yeah. truly pray that she stays and helps pass that knowledge on to whoever whoever is the next uh, mm -hmm. you know president of the region. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, uh, Joe Pimlot, he, his heart is in the right place. Yeah. He will truly put everything he has into taking the nation to the next level. Awesome. Well, I think we'll end it on that note. Uh, again, Rod, I want to thank you for being on the show. And, uh, you know, hopefully after the elections, we can see some positive change. And I'd love to, maybe a year from now, if if we see change in the election, I'd love to sit down again and see where we're at with a lot of these things that you talked about, the directory and things like that. So It would be wonderful. It would be wonderful. It would be uh, lovely. I hope you don't mind me mentioning the, the youth podcast. 
Nope, uh, that's right. Go next ahead. Monday. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at that. Uh, do not forget that August 30th, uh, Myrtle, um, mm, yep. Myrtle uh, is putting on a, uh, is, is hosting a forum yep. for the candidates, her and Bob Phillips. Um, you know, so there's going to be lots and lots of people there. Uh, you know, there's not going to be a whole bunch of time to talk to the, uh, to the, to the forum that's going to be set up just because there's going to be so many people there. So yeah. get there and, and, and get there early and talk to the, the, to each and every one of the delegates to make sure that, uh, that you understand what their position is and, and yeah. what they are going to do for you if they do get in. And I understand both pre people running for president, Audrey and Ron, are both going to be there from what I understand. So. I understand that I heard that Audrey's going to be there. Uh, yeah. I have not heard if Ron's going to be there yet or not. Okay. But it would be nice if he was, yep. you know, he's a nice young man. I understand. Yeah. Uh, he's young, 38 years old, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, does a great job up in Fort Mackay for, mm -hmm. for the Métis uh, people yeah. up there. So um, there's that. Uh, I know uh, Joe Pimlot is uh, going to have a similar event in September. Okay. And so there's that. And, of course, we want to uh, – I understand that there's going to be a local – at the Local 87, that there's going to be a youth and a senior symposium of some sort where the youth and the seniors can get out and and tell and tell the tell these delegates these people running what they want in the future yeah that's yeah. all that matters like, yeah. this is the inclusion we need absolutely. we don't need four or five more of these we just need to listen now absolutely all right well thank you very much rod thank you darcy all right have a All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rod Stagg. Um, I think he brings up a lot of interesting perspectives and a lot of interesting um, ways that uh, the Métis Nation of Alberta has let down some of its members. And I, I think these are questions that definitely should be answered and need people in those positions to answer them. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good conversation. I want to thank Rod for coming on the show and being part of the, the Jig Is Up family. And next week, we're going to be recording with uh, some Métis youth here in the Calgary area and getting their perspectives on what all this youth engagement uh, buzzword means to them and what they want out of a Métis nation and things like that. So should be very interesting. Uh, you guys can watch for that next week. And then the week after that uh, will be me and Jason sitting down together uh, doing our normal ranting. But we were able to actually sit down face-to-face -face and have that conversation. So next few weeks, those are some episodes to look forward to. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy the show and you want to see more of this content, more of this kind of show, uh, or more interviews, more more guests on the show, please head over to our Patreon page and look search for The Jig Is Up. And you will find us there and you can pledge $5.00. And I also wanted to remind you guys, I did a live video where I announced this, but we are doing a uh, contest where if we get, I believe I said five more people subscribed or, or signed up to pledge on our Patreon page, that we would do a draw for a uh, coffee mug and blue Métis flag f uh, for all of our patrons. And that's for patrons only, so if you want to get in on that contest, head over. And for the price of a Starbucks coffee, you could uh, have about a 1 in 20 chance of winning a uh, coffee mug and blue Métis flag. So head over to Patreon, check us out, and sign up. And 
that will greatly help us continue to bring you uh, more interesting stories and more guests and things like that. Uh, for now, though, I'm looking forward to doing next week and having those youth on and hearing what they have to say. So I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, I hope you guys all get out there and engage with your community and be strong, proud Métis. But until next week, the jig is up. You are the spark that's starting a fire that will spread across this land. And it will be a fire that doesn't burn, but a fire that cleanses. A fire that ignites in our hearts and creates light. No more living in darkness. Our time now.